You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience, but they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 8, or are we calling it 7.5, Chris? No, actually, I just decided we'll go with 8, because that's how long the Utes streak is. Oh, that was beautiful. And that how many points we beat them by, too. That's right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, welcome on into the guys on the sideline. We are uh, going to give you our reaction of the Utes Cougars over the weekend. Uh, I'm Jeff, joined by Chris. Hello. What a weird game. It was weird. Uh, you know, what would this rivalry be without just absolute chaos? You've got to throw everything out the window, records, rosters, everything. It just, it, it just proved, again, that nothing applies when it comes to this game. That's why it's a must-watch game. That's why you could never get rid of it. I know a lot of Utah fans would prefer to see it go, but it's just because it's, it's this high-stakes emotional game that we'd rather not have to play. I think it gives us this other thing to worry about in a given season. I don't think a lot of youth fans would like to admit that. But I think that's the truth. I think that they, you know, they don't want this thing that could kind of spoil another otherwise good season, even though they haven't now for eight straight games. But um, anyway, I, I just don't know. I don't know what it is. I really don't. But what, what is it, Jeff? What happened? I tell you... Um First half and the second half. Talk about a game of two halves. Uh, I tuned in, and I think it was 13 to nothing, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I I thought this was going to be a blowout. I didn't think it was going to go this direction. But to your point, I mean, I think in any rivalry game, but in particular this one, um, you throw all things out the window. And uh, to tip your hat to Zach Wilson. Absolutely. He, he, freshman, correct? Yes. Freshman year? Freshman year. He's he's the real deal. He really is. Cougs have got, they've got a lot to look forward to. I know that a lot of Cougar fans will be down on Kalani. Um, don't you dare. This is this is a mirror opposite of, or, or kind of a mirror image, I should say, of the youth situation with Kyle Whittingham. You know, year after year, and I've been in that boat of fans kind of getting sick of Whittingham's old shtick. But at the end of the day, you know, it gets results. You have to be patient. I think with Zach Wilson now in there, I think Jeff Grimes is, I, I, knew, I knew it at the time, I knew the minute they hired him that that was an excellent hire. And and I think I think between the two of them, you know, they might have to do some tinkering and some tweaking. You know, BYU is probably not anytime soon going to start landing five star athletes um, on the offense, but a solid running game, size in the trenches, will win you a lot of games, including against yeah. P five schools. And they're on their way. And Zach Wilson is a full. Let's see. I think Zach Wilson for BYU next year is worth between two and three games in the positive. He's that good. He's really going to make a difference. And uh, he showed out versus a really good Utah defense. He yeah. was very impressive. He, he looked really good. A, a major upgrade uh, over Tanner Mingham. Yes. I, I think Tanner Mingham's a nice guy. Absolutely. I think yeah. he won some big games. Yeah. Um, but clearly an upgrade. And, and to your point, Jeff Grimes, I think it was a, I think it was a great hire. 
But I don't think it was a sexy hire, nope. right? I think you can Ty Detmer, who was a Heisman Trophy winner, right? Very beloved down there, right? Uh, at, at BYU, and um, you know, I don't think Ty was terrible, but the the offense just didn't ever get clicking. Um, they they just never were able to put it together. And and to your point, they bring in Jeff Grimes, who's had some experience uh, working the line at LSU and being in a locker room like that. You can see a difference. You can see Absolutely. just in the mentality, in no the doubt. preparation, and all of that. So. No doubt. Yeah, we, we looked like we were surprised the Utes were in the first half, just getting pushed around, maybe forgetting about the physicality. You How know? many three and outs did Utah have? A I lot. Mean, they they a lot. could not, in that first half, Stifles. they could not move the ball. Well, this is why I'm thinking at halftime, game's over. I mean, I, I absolutely, I don't know what possessed me to keep watching it at that point. Um, but, I mean, I was really just thinking, by the time BYU goes down, scores that touchdown, maybe the one thing lingering in my mind was just that funky, weird, and it didn't necessarily come to play in a huge way, but a weird missed extra point. It's like one of those things that something weird and small happens and it's like... So I didn't see the missed extra point. What happened? Apparently it was a mishandled snap. I didn't okay. see it myself. They didn't... Uh, okay. they, they, it was a late uh, start in the broadcast, but I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. It's just... I know that uh, ESPN's little predictive analytics, by the time it was 27-7, to 7, had BYU as a 90% favorite to win that game. And, you know, interestingly, Utah started out as close to that kind of favorite to begin with. And so, so flipped. it flipped. And then I, I will say this. I knew that this was a ball game the minute Utah scored that that touchdown at the end of the third. I thought, okay, if they can get this done in this quarter, you you go down, you're just down two scores. There's going to be between, you know, probably four or five total possessions in the second in the, in the fourth quarter. Who knows, right? Uh, who knows what happens? But no, credit to BYU. It was a it was a gut check. It was a tough loss. I was totally resigned to this idea that we were finally going to drop one. Um, but you know what? If we're going to credit Zach Wilson, credit Jason Shelley. I mean, he came yeah. out of nowhere. He put it all together. He was making plays left and right. And, uh, you know, the run game kind of came alive, and, and we kind of brought out some weapons. T.J. Green, a real unheralded running back in kind of this season, provides speed and spark that, that changes the dimension of our offense. And you, you started to see in that second half, they were starting to, to run to kind of run past the blitz, to run past the rush. So, you know, BYU would kind of over pursue trying to get to Shelley and he'd do a quick handoff he'd do something play action and or he'd step forward in the pocket and they just they figured it out and all I can really say about this is that I mean, as a Utah fan that's suffered, yes, I have suffered many bitter defeats along the lines, and maybe not quite the same as what BYU suffered, but the Oregon game, the Arizona game a few years back, just these gutting Colorado, UCLA, these terrible losses. At some point, it's like your team learns how to compete the entire length of the game, and like that's what's different about Utah now. It's just a different team. I feel like we watched this was not something they could have done with Travis Wilson. No. With anyone else, this is Jordan Win. Jordan Win. If you haven't anybody out there in the Twitter sphere who haven't gone and rewatched Jason Shelley jump over a BYU that defender, was, that was impressive. And I'm going, this is our backup quarterback yeah. doing this now. That's look. I know. I know BYU fans get salty about this, but like the depth is there. That that is evidence i think that our our backups are really solid well, i'm on shine as well yeah i mean absolutely played a great game and, and has played a nice three four games since zach yeah. moss went out yeah. but um how about jason shelley's scamper there 
where I, I, you were watching, I assume, on Fox Sports yes. 1. Yes, yeah. And it, it totally faked the they camera lost, out. They lost. They were, they were over on the back, and then the announcer's like, oh, I think Shelly has that. And he, he ran it in. I mean, he, he fooled everybody. Talk about, yeah. I was ab- absolutely shocked at that point. You know, when we gave the uh, ball back to BYU, we'd gone up one point. I'm thinking, I'm thinking BYU gets down and scores a field goal and wins. I really thought still at that point that we had made a valiant effort. And, and frankly, I was almost content with that, just to say at least it wasn't a total embarrassment. Yeah. We came to play. But then, and I know I just got done, just got done praising Jeff Grimes, but I have to say, you don't start a fourth and one run three or four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Why do they do that? It was one of those things where I think the QB was either in shotgun or maybe it was I formation. I forget which. All it does is give the defenders time to get into the backfield to penetrate. That's exactly what they did. They knew exactly what was coming. I think it was just for for a game that was otherwise called really well. Now I know again why fans will dispute this. Hit me with your comments, whatever. I know a lot of why fans felt like they went conservative. I personally don't blame them. I mean, your QB just threw a pick six earlier in the game. If you're going to sling it everywhere, we'd had our hands on a few other picks that we just weren't able to come down with. It wasn't wasn't a flawless performance, but that you know. Okay, maybe he got conservative, but the only really bad call, I think, was starting his run play several years. Even I, I mean, I'm a Utah fan, um, but I just, my literal response when that happened was, you don't start that run three yards. Why would you yeah, do that? No, it, so, it was tough. And, you know, again, you look at the momentum. BYU yeah. had it in going into the locker room. And I don't know what Kyle said, um, but I, I think really what turned things around was the pick six because yeah. the crowd got back into it. I I felt like you could see in Utah saying, all right, guys, you know, we just need one more score. Because at that point, they were down, what, 27-7? I mean, they were down essentially three touchdowns. Yeah, it's not insurmountable. That's the beauty of college football, man. You you know, (laughs) things change fast. Here was my... um, here was my take too, because uh, I asked you last week in the podcast, does does Utah have to win this game? You know, no, no they don't. Not. Do yeah. they want to win this game? Sure, yes, absolutely. And so my thinking was, there was debate during the week. Does Kyle even play these guys? Do, right. Does he rest them? Do, do we avoid injury going into the Washington game, Pac-12 championship? Right. And for them to make the decision to play the game. Hugh Herm Edwards, hello, you You play play to win the game. (laughs) But they played their players, and to then get embarrassed like that, I thought this is going to be a a mental issue going into the Pac-12 championship. But I think the reverse happened, though. For them to to dig themselves a huge hole and to yet to come out of it, to be victorious against your arch rivals, a fascinating game. Team played well again in that second half. And, and again, we've made this uh, comment on this show before. I think for coaches to have a game like this, Utah's practices are going to be ugly this week. Their yeah. coaches are going to be all oh, over yeah. the team saying Absolutely. that first half, that first half. And they're going to be focused. <laughs> they're going to be fired up. Right. And uh, interesting game. The game's uh, Friday, Friday night, Friday night. Uh, up at uh, Washington, San Francisco 49ers. Washington gets an extra day of rest. Um, I've never been a believer that that's a good thing. I don't, I would always rather be the team. I know it's that's counterintuitive. I'd rather be the team that's fresh off of an emotional victory victory, um, riding high, beat a rival. I mean, the scene in Rice Eccles was pandemonium. It was crazy. Go go rewatch some of those replays toward the end of the game. It was deafening. I mean, it was an unbelievable experience, I'm sure, for those players. To your point, Jeff, I am 
exactly right there with you. As a, as a Utah fan, by halftime, I'm sitting there going, this is not how you want to go into the championship game. I don't necessarily know that I was that worried if we lost the game, again, to your point, because, look, if you don't win the Pac-12 championship, you know, you probably can't worry too hard about what bowl you wind up in after or whatever else. That's the only impact that losing to BYU would have had. But just to roll over, to, to lay get, an egg, to like lay an egg against a rival, to have the rival, to, you know, to snap a streak and all that kind of thing would have been brutal. And now to your point, and, and that's how I was feeling as a fan. I just went, this is a terrible omen. It's it's not a good sign. But what does it say about a team that's that may already have reasons to check out? You, you go down 20 points, you would have thought... I, I mean, at that point, do you throw your third stringers out yeah. there? Do you, do you just kind of say, well, we kind of got licked here? No, they, they put their guys back out there. But now, instead, because of that decision, what I mean, what are you going to do to this Utah team to make them worry about what's going on? I mean, unless you're going to go down 56 to nothing, which Washington's a good team. I don't know that, that they're that explosive offensively. I could be eating my words soon here. But, I mean, that – that's huge. A team that doesn't never feels like they're out of it. They always feel like they're in the fight. And have a QB in Jason Shelley who's look, that, that BYU defense is legit. That's a tough defense. They are really big, really physical. It was a great Those Kafusi boys. Kafusi boys. Man, the guy's like had surgery recently. He's there. I mean Yeah. I I honestly I know it's it's so it's such sacrilege as a Utah fan. I really felt bad. I felt bad for their I, players. I did too. For I just Kalani. Went, for Kalani, I just went, you know what? Now, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, they earned it. It's not like it got stolen. They just got beat. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't yeah. fluky. It was just... So, so let me ask you a question looking gonna, back here. No. Which team do you feel worse for? Do you feel worse for that team? Or how many years ago was the uh, where they got three field goal attempts there to end the game and the fans <laughs> were on the field? Do you remember that one? Yeah. It was three or four years ago. It feels like it was just yesterday, but... That was rough. I think the one that I felt worst about other than this one was the Taysom Hill two-point conversion um had mm-hmm. he gone in just because Taysom um is a class act a good guy incredibly talented he's out there he's on the field for the saints they put yeah. him in in packages all the time and wildcat formations and different stuff and he's he's good the, the, you know? well one of the hottest teams in the nfl and yeah. to your point they're using him as a weapon yes. it's not just a oh yeah. let's just throw him out there i mean they yeah. got drew Brees, and they're bringing him in absolutely either but, in place of or Again, in some sort of formation. And yeah, uh, yeah kudos yeah. to Taysom Hill. So, yeah. um, interesting game. Uh, again, Utes come up big, uh, yeah. kind of shocked the world. I think a lot of people um, possibly went to bed. It was a late game, it was a cold yeah. game. Right. And, um, you know, it's one of those where uh, for BYU fans, if you go to bed and you wake up, you know, <laughs> like, what happened? Oh. I mean, just, just a heartbreaker. So, let's skip past this game. Okay. Um, and let's uh, make a prediction for the Washington Huskies, Utah Utes, Friday night, Pac-12. This is yeah. really um, what what you play for. I mean, this is, it is they drew this up in the beginning of the season. This was the goal to get right. here. Um, different circumstances, again, losing Moss, losing Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Um, but th- they're here nonetheless. And yeah. again, my, minus this game in the first half. I mean, the last three games, they've, they've still put up consistent points. Yeah. They've looked really good on offense, yeah. um, which, again, Tip your hat to uh, Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor uh, leading the offense, um, but let's uh, let's have a prediction. What, what are you thinking? You know, I got to be honest. This isn't our Costanza pick. If it were, I would pick the Utes. I, I think Washington. They've got they've got a bunch of really good players back, healthy. And watching that Wazoo game, it was ugly. It was in the snow, um, but Washington just looks. 
they, they're they're a team kind of on a mission right now, and I think for them, they want to go back to a Rose Bowl. bowl. They want to finish out Jake Browning's uh, career on top. It's going to be a tough game. You know, Jake Browning's really experienced. Now, he's made big mistakes on a big stage. I, I The Utes could do it. They could get it done. I just feel like... You know, even with the momentum on our side, I think it's a lot to ask a freshman quarterback who's played whatever this four is, games. Now, four games now, to continue this streak. I mean, at the end of the day, Jason's going to show, he's going to throw a, a pick or two, I think, in this game. And I think it'll be close, but I think they'll go down. Now, what's a saving grace for me is I think that Utah will be the, the odds on favorite next year to go back. And so I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. I don't think UCLA will be all the way back and so forth. But not to get too far ahead. But this game, I think Jason's going to make a couple of mistakes. I thought he would make mistakes against BYU. I thought that that's what was going to turn the tide. I didn't think we'd win that game, uh, potentially, um, for that reason. And so I think he's a little overdue. I think that I think it's going to be something like 24-28. For, for, for the Huskies. For the Huskies. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be cool with this because I'm, I'm going to take the I'm going to go Costanza here. George yeah. Costanza, if yeah. you don't know what we, we are referring to. Yeah. He does the opposite, right? Yes. He, he goes down this line and, and things don't work out for him. And he does the complete opposite uh, against his better judgment and things seem to go nicely. So I'm going to go Utes 34, um, mm. 27. So wow. a similar score to the game that we just had. Full touchdown. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to pick the Utes okay. um, partly because of, again, this George Costanza thinking. I, I think that Washington should win this game. Yeah. I, I would think that uh, Vegas, I don't know if you've seen the line yet, but I think Vegas is going to be four, in their favor. Four and a half okay. uh, points, okay. um, which is respectable. Yeah. Um, yeah. FPI, ESPN's analytics um, data service that, that is very accurate. If you haven't looked at that and if you're a betting man. How do these guys do this? I don't know. I, I'm blown away. It, but it's it's unreal. Um, they've got Washington 54%. Um, that's that's basically a, co- a coin flip. Yeah. I was surprised by that. We're yeah. talking backup quarterback. I know people want to make a big deal out of that, but it's significant. But I, I think this Jason Shelley guy, look, watch out. If he wins this thing and wins us a Pac-12 championship, quarterback controversy. Yeah. How else do you get around Does it? Does not get his job back? I, I don't mean. know. I don't know, but he'd have to fight and earn yeah. it at, at this point. Um, Shelley looks more comfortable more, earlier in his tenure uh, with our team oh, no, than, no than Huntley ever did. So it could happen. I just think, again, I think Shelley is as good as, as he is, and I think he'll make some plays against Washington. I think it's going to be really hard to ask him to get this totally done. Hope I'm wrong, could be wrong, but uh, it's going to be a tough one. Well, and uh, again, those turnovers I think are going to be key yeah. because if he makes some mistakes, it's a good Washington defense. Yes. Um, Chris Peterson's a great coach, yeah. and, and there's no question that they'll bring the pressure. They know they're playing against a freshman quarterback, yeah. and um, so it will be interesting to, my question, to see. My question is, you know, how does Witt approach this game? Do they throw in some gadget plays? Do they try to really mix things up? You know, the the play that Utah scored on to seal the game against BYU was the triple option, and I felt for a while that that you know they could, if they mixed in more of that, um, it could keep teams really off balance. It's a tough play to defend if you know how to run it, as that game illustrated. I mean, the defender that was right there to make the tackle realized just the minute Jason took off that he was you know had the ball. I think do they mix in that? Do they so, throw some different looks? Do they? I don't know. So I. I think that's a I think that's a great call and I think I think it's hard to play against a team that's playing extra aggressive, right? Maybe, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yes. I mean, fourth and one mm-hmm. you're at midfield. I mean, yeah. you typically would punt it, but if you're playing against uh-huh. a team that's just kind of slinging it out there, uh, what about this? Onside kick. 
sure. to start the game. Yeah, do you, Why not do, do a little you kick an onsides? Do you do, do weird stuff? something? Get in their heads. That was precisely what BYU had going for them early in this game. They just shocked us by just going straight for the throat, and they just wouldn't let off for a minute there, and, and there, then there was just enough fight left in us to come back. But that's exactly what BYU did. They were Now, they weren't doing anything exceedingly aggressive or, or whatever, but just their mentality, just their, their fight, just the want to. It's got to be stronger for Utah in this championship game. Washington's been there now yeah. twice, right? Um, they missed out last year, but they've, you know, this for Washington's just another stepping stone. Is Washington already looking ahead to a Rose yeah, Bowl? May, Are they over? May, maybe so. Maybe they're up against so, a, a four-game starter in uh, Jason Shelley, and they yeah. they kind of take that for granted. Guarantee it. We, we talked onside kick, which uh, jogs my memory. Do you remember my favorite onside kick in Utah U- history? They played Wyoming. Do you remember this? This was I don't. had to be 15 years ago. Mm. I think they were up. Uh, listeners, correct me. Comment uh, in the comments. But they were up by like like 40 to nothing against Wyoming. And Wyoming made some comments. Kicked Joe Glenn onside. made some comments. And so anyway, Kyle kicks onside and they get it. And Joe Glenn across the field is flipping the bird to Kyle <laughs> Whittingham. Great moment in Utah history. Again, I'm going to have to go look that up. That is but, hysterical. Um, Kyle yes. like, hey, Do you, you want to you pick a fight with me? I don't think yeah. so. We'll, we'll go. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be an interesting um, game. My hope for, for Utah is that they don't feel like the, the game's already won, essentially just by having won the South. I mean, there's some there's some concern there. There's some concern about having beaten BYU. Are they going to be able to be emotionally up for this? It's it's a lot. You know, they've, they've been through a lot. They've done a lot. Can they ride this tide a little bit longer? I think that you did see them kind of take a step backwards in that first half against BYU. I think that was kind of just overdue. They'd just been – they'd been rolling they've been playing well with jason did they get that out of their system there i don't know uh but washington's a different beast man they they have really yeah. good players on that team yep. they play fast physical um and they're coming off an emotional win they against are too. their rivals washington state as well so it'll be, be a fun game to watch no, no question and one last thing i'll say about it is i just think at the end of the day that the game we just played better prepared us for the game than the game they played wazoo's not a physical type team they're finesse you know they they Manhandled um, Washington, manhandled Washington State. From BYU, we got a test that's that's probably comparable in terms of what's going to happen in the trenches. And I think having that kind of coming fresh off of that um, could be to our advantage. It could, you know, we kind of have that edge. We know what we're up against. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, go Utes. Go Utes, should, baby. Should be fun. Okay, um, winding up the show, or do you wind it down? Winding down, I think. Let's let's wind it down, Chris. Yeah. Um, some other college football action. I don't know if you saw the Texas A&M LSU game. Did you hear about it? I didn't, but apparently it's still going. <laughs> yeah. Seven, Seven overtimes. overtimes. Here's the funny part. Um, and I love their coach, Ed Orgeron. Orgeron, if I'm saying his name correctly. They, um, I, I'm trying to remember the scenario, but at the end of the fourth quarter, they dunked him with the Gatorade yes. bucket. All right? Yes. They, they thought they had won. The officials came out, reversed a call. Texas A&M essentially had one or two more shots. They took a shot, got a touchdown, put it into overtime. It went back and forth and back and forth. Here's my thought, though, or my question. What would it be like to watch a game seven overtimes? I mean, that's essentially a whole other football game, right? Right. And you're covered in this sticky Gatorade. You got to be pissed, right? At your, I mean, it was it was unfortunate. Yeah, um, but dudes, don't dunk me with the Gatorade until well, terrible the game circumstances is over. there, and then they go on to lose it in the seventh OT. Absolutely wacky. I mean, we just got done talking about a wacky rivalry game. Look at this thing. I mean, apparently 
I how you know next year BYU Utah seven OTs apparently something like that something but, like that it's but uh, yeah just that'll go down in the annals of of college football history as being one of the Crazy. wildest craziest games ever. Here's another one I want to throw out. I don't know if you saw uh, Ohio State put a beat down yeah. on Michigan. Jim Harbaugh's zero and four against yeah. the Buckeyes. Yeah, and for anybody that's uh, out there in Michigan or OHIO, mm-hmm. right? You know that game. You could go zero and ten and you win that game and. Yep. You yeah. keep your job yeah. as a coach. Urban yeah. Meyer comes up big, potentially his last rivalry game. There's, yeah, we'll there's a lot of chatter around the program. But you never know. Did, did Urban kind of put himself into kind of a uh, you know, firmer standing with, a, with an emotional win like that, putting them right back on the brink of, of the playoff, looking like the vet. It's not just that they beat Michigan. They dismantled them. They, were, yeah. they look like the superior team. And look, if you're watching uh, this Michigan team, it's the same thing you've come to expect. You know, their, their defense is okay. But their offenses are so inept that they can't keep their defense off the field. And against teams like Ohio State, it's yeah. not going to work. They, they've they've put up some big offensive numbers uh, on weaker competition. But, yes. yeah, you go up against a juggernaut, somebody yeah. like Ohio State. And, um, you know, t- tip your hat to Urban Meyer. I mean, yeah. he, he prepares his players for those big games. He did it here when he was at Utah. Yes, he did. He did it in Florida until Nick Saban came down. And that, that's why I think he had, quote-unquote, health challenges yeah. and stepped away. Yeah, it could be. Like, yeah, uh, Nick Saban's here. Uh, there yeah. goes my there, yeah. there Recruiting goes my base and all that kind of yeah. stuff. No, I, I completely agree. And, and, again, to tie it all back and wrap it all up, as we're talking about, wrap it, wind it down, I guess we could say, you know, Wit got his mentality for rivalries from Urban. I think it's really obvious. Wit to this day won't say the words BYU. He won't say it. That's his. That's his all in water. Yeah, it's listen care- carefully. He'll say he'll say Kalani's guys. He'll say those guys. He'll say that team. He'll say when I was in Provo. He won't, he say, won't it. say BYU. Funny superstitious thing. I don't see him ever saying it again in his life after that game. I mean, I don't know what else. I he's got all the juju. And what do you think he yeah. said to Kalani after the game? I mean, again, a heartbreaker it, it, for Kalani. It was a. I don't know if you saw their Those brief close. interaction. They he had a, a big hug. I, I'm sure he just said, you know, you, you know, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, your guys fought. They they fought, you know, so hard. And and Colony had his guys prepared, man. You know, this was a team that went on the road this this year. Lest we forget, they beat Wisconsin. Yes. Um, you know, I think that they've got some tools. There's some promising things happening in that program. It just in this rivalry game. Um, you know, at some point their luck's going to change a little bit. I think Zach Wilson could be the the QB to break this streak. I think it could very well happen in the next couple of years, and um, you know they'll be they'll get there. But uh, for the time being, I don't know. Um, just what's it going to take for BYU? There's that last thing. There's just that game where we had I think Utah had like five or six turnovers in the game. Somehow win. It was the Taysom Hill game. Right, came down to the wire. There was the uh, the the Vegas Bowl, which I was the most nervous about because we were down Devontae Booker was out Britton Covey was out Kenneth Scott our top receiver we had well, no one th- left 35 but then we go up nothing. 35 nothing but then have to hold on because then, BYU yeah, almost that, made that mounted a, a comeback a came, game. came back to the very end that was Tanner's first um, you know rivalry game if I'm not mistaken you know you just there comes a point where you're like I don't know how many advantages we concede them and in, in hopes of you know them getting a chance to win so um, just a 
a, a crazy thing, but that rivalry game, I tell you. Yeah, tip your hats to BYU. Congrats to the Utes. Again, yeah. good luck to them this weekend. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a full recap. Uh, hopefully we'll be yes, talking we about the Pac-12 uh, champs going to the Rose Bowl. <sighs> that would be, be pretty sweet. Incredible. Um, I think we're out of time, so unfortunately we won't be able to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, Did you bummer. see that beautiful Shoot. 45-10 beatdown, as in they were on the losing end? Um, and Oakland. Did Oakland the play? They did. Played the Ravens. Played them really That's t- right. close. Yep. Um, lost yep. it in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm, I'm starting to come to this place with that team, just on a quick note, that you know Gruden's obviously clean house. I, I think he's essentially gone to his vets and said, if you want to leave, go ahead and leave. Bruce Irvin just jetted out of there. He's, he's had a lot of people go down. If they have a tweaked knee, a little something, he's saying, sit. I don't care. I think... I think he's just saying, I got rookies who I can get to play till their burger to prove their, their position here. So for them to have won last week, you know, then, then to play competitively against – the Ravens aren't a great team. But to be within, I think they were within three, three points, I think, going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, your defense lets you down. Derek had no protection most of the game. But there are these weird kind of promising signs, I think, for them that with a good draft and a ton of money in free agency um, and then no, no spotlight, no He's going to watch, be looking at him. Could be interesting next year. We'll be um, we'll be wondering about John Gruden and did he make the right call a couple of years? Right, we could be yes. saying, "Oh, that was a brilliant, brilliant move." Sure. Um, sure. You know their their win against the Arizona Cardinals last week. Now the race is on for that number one pick. It is, and um, you know Arizona's. Yeah. I don't know if they'll win another game. I mean, they have the toughest schedule of between the Raiders, 49ers, uh, and the yeah. Cardinals. So it'll be interesting, which leads me as we go out the door here today. Chris, what's the movie that I'm always asking you if you have watched? My favorite movie Draft of all time. Draft Day. Draft Day, starring Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner. If you haven't watched it, it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Have you seen it yet, Chris? I still haven't seen Chris, it, man. Come on. I'll get on it. I'll get on it. Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to uh, have many conversations, I'm sure, between now and, and uh, March, April next next year is uh, again our teams will be on the clock and we'll have they lots will. to talk about They'll we don't have lots to talk about now no but I tell you, in, in uh, six months from now, we're going to be breaking down the NFL draft. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to land Walter Chipinski uh, from Walter Football. We'd love to have him That'd join the show and break it down. But uh, anyway, uh, I think that's all we got for you today. Thanks for joining. If you're still listening, is this thing still on? Still on, I Thank think. You. Thanks again for listening. All Bye-bye. Right. Adios. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time.